You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 80. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. Um, we have not recorded in a little while. I was actually looking at our previous recording, and I was like, holy fuck, we have not recorded since Overboard, which was like a month and a half ago, probably, which it doesn't even seem like it's really been that long. We're just like, okay, oh, there's some interesting topics, and then we go and look over, and we're like, oh, fuck, like, it's been that many weeks. So, um, we've actually seen, I mean, like, we've been doing, you know, we're leaning, um, like, toward a lot of movie reviews lately as opposed to like you know a mixed serial of topics um but we've actually seen like a crap ton of movies in that time span we always brag about oh yeah we have movie pass like we use the shit out of it and so um but i mean that also goes to you know being that we haven't talked about a movie since overboard uh you know obviously avengers infinity war is past Mm -hmm. and so is deadpool 2 which we didn't have um, the opportunity to review either one of those. But I mean, I guess if you've listened to previous shows from us, it would go without saying that we would wholeheartedly recommend that you see both of those movies just because they are awesome titles and you're not going to be let down. Um, but the movies that we've seen since then and kind of going back a little bit is, uh, I mean, we've seen like at least six other movies, uh, and, with that being said, and there was actually a movie that we didn't list on here. I'm not sure if we saw it before Overboard or after, but it was that taco... Was it the taco shop? Oh, yeah. We saw the taco shop, too. So, um, basically, this episode is just going to be, like, kind of rapid-fire movie reviews going through all the movies that we've seen since the last recording that we can remember, and then, you know, just just uh, going from there. So... We're going to kind of start from the top. We're trying to go in a chronological order. I think the only one that w- won't be in chronological order is probably going to be the taco, tr- uh, the taco shop one. Which, when did that one, when did we see that one? Was that like before Solo? Or I didn't after? know we were talking about that one. I don't mean either, but anyways. Um, that was like... Was it before? Before Solo. Was it? Okay. I mean, I guess we can talk about that one briefly. This one was like a limited release movie that was like more of like an indie film that didn't play in a shit ton of theaters and then whatever theaters it was in it wasn't like there were a crap ton of times for the movie i mean it was like super limited and um when we went and saw this movie the only reason we saw it was because uh we had we'd watched another movie and they had advertised that they were gonna have all of these like different indie films playing and one of them was this taco shop movie And I was like, actually, that movie looks kind of funny. But the thing is, is like, it is very much like a independent film. It's, it almost, uh, like shot by shot, it almost feels like if you guys are familiar, like anybody listening is familiar with like, uh, um, say like the Guild, the way the Guild is filmed uh, with Felicia Day and... um, it's kind of filmed like that, like very web series-ish, you know, but like it's like a full-length movie about this taco shop and their rivalry with a, you know, a taco truck that's down the street. Um, the movie ended up being surprisingly funny, but uh, I think after we had watched the movie, I mean, aside from, you know, the funny parts that were in it, it did kind of run a little bit longer than we thought it should have, and we probably wouldn't have watched this movie if we didn't have the movie pass. It would yeah. have been like a like a Redbox rental or something. Like a channel flipper. Like, like you just kind of like, yeah, you're, you're flipping through and you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, I've never seen that movie. Meh, I guess, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, it, it, it was, it ended up being funny. So, I mean, at least it wasn't like a complete waste of time. Um, but it, it was... Uh, just something that looked like somebody shot on some like you know handheld uh you know 2000s model like sony camcorders and then like you know did a bunch of you know wonky editing um but like overall it it ended up having a like a natural charm to it so you're kind of like okay yeah i guess um but still uh, i mean I, i would say watch it if 
you happen to come across it and it's like, you know, a buck in the red box or something like that. I mean, at this point, you don't have the choice of watching it in the movie theater because it's like long gone. I think it was yeah. gone after like a week. So, um, but yeah, it was called Taco Shop. I kept calling it Taco Truck. And I'd have like Amanda like glare at me and be like, it's Taco Shop. And I'm like, fuck, man. Okay, I'm sorry. Because they weren't the ones in the truck. I know. But it was funny. It was basically just them trying to sabotage each other. The, you know, the, the, the truck is trying to be successful. The, the shop's trying to stay relevant. And just, you know, crazy, wacky adventures of them trying to sabotage each other's establishments. And then they kind of find out that, like, oh, hey, we need to work together because there's another enemy, you know. So, um, ended up being pretty cool. Um, but moving on from that movie, we did end up seeing Solo, which, I mean, anybody who's even remotely a Star Wars fan probably went and saw Solo too. Even people that, in, like, this kind of... I'm assuming that even people that were like, oh, we're going to boycott Solo because of whatever, you wouldn't sell that shit anyways. Like, maybe you were kind of, you know, butthurt about the whole, you know, Solo movie in itself. But, I mean, if you're a real, if you're a real fan, you probably wouldn't saw it anyways. I mean, initially, I didn't think it looked crazy interesting. And then, like, with all of the negative press that was coming out, you know, like, months prior to the movie, it didn't seem like it was going to be that good, right? It just kind of came off as like, it was like a dumpster fire rolling downhill. Oh, I was going to see it anyway, so. Right, but I'm saying like, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of negative press surrounding the movie. And so like, if you were kind of on the fence about seeing it, you may have been swayed, you know, into maybe not seeing it right away or, you know, just waiting for it to come out on DVD because of, you know, whatever level of butthurt you experienced. But I mean, there was no question that we were going to see this movie. And so we did go see it, and it was a fucking cool movie. Like, it was super interesting, right? It was I thought, fun. like, Woody Harrelson and, like, all the other characters were were great. And and what's funny is, um, do you know offhand the guy's name that played uh, um, Han? No. Offhand? Cause that white boy. <laughs> um, you know, when we watched this movie, initially there were a lot of stories that were saying, like, oh, yeah, this guy... Um, he had to get an acting coach because, like, he wasn't a believable Han Solo. And, you know, when you read some shit like that, you're like, oh, God. Like, that's horrible. Because, you know, you're thinking, like, all right, this guy is going to basically murder any chance of any of these other movies getting made because he's a crappy actor. I mean, you know, you can kind of take the experience if you go back to some of the prequels with, like, is it is it Hayden Christensen, the guy yeah. who played... Anakin. Um, Anakin, you know, a lot of people were like, oh man, his acting was horrible. You know, it was even like parodied, you know, in like Clerks 2 when the fucking Supernovas are going back and forth about like <laughs> what's the better trilogy, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, you know, and it's like, oh man, Anakin Skywalker like ruined your franchise. Oh, you know, Jar Jar, you know, throwing all the terrible things that made the prequels garbage. Um, there you know, was a lot wrong with those though. It wasn't just him. <laughs> no, it were, yeah, it, it was not just him. Like, there was a lot wrong with it, but. Um, you know, it's really easy to focus on poor acting first and foremost, just because that's the thing that's in your face at the very least. But it, his name is Alden Einrich, Einrich. It's, it's that's part, super German. Yeah, there's some fucking uh, like silent fucking uh, letters in, in his last name, but we'll say Alden Einrich. Now, he ended up being really good. I thought. I he thought. Was he, good. I thought he was a really good solo. So. I think there um, were some reviews that said, like, you can kind of tell where, like, one director was going with the movie, and then where there were reshoots from, you know, the other director that took over at the end, um, because there were some where, like, he was very, you know, like, swaggy and upbeat, and then other parts were, like, he wasn't, like, he was more, like, serious, and I don't want to say robotic, but just, it it just seemed like there were... Parts where you're like, oh yeah, that's obviously Han, and then there were parts where he wasn't very Han-ish. It was like two Hans. Yeah, and so, um, you know, it, it provided a little a little bit of inconsistency on, you know, kind of like what you saw. I think overall, though, the movie ended up being pretty good, um, just in general. And, um, you know, I'd like to see like another continuation of the movie from, you know, the Han Solo plotline. More Lando! Yeah, Lando is fucking cool, honestly. He, he really was. Uh, I mean, you like him for heart, other reasons. Heart, heart. She's always been, like, <laughs> totally on uh, Childish Gambino, otherwise known as Donald Glover's nuts. 
I mean, going back <laughs> as long as I can remember, you know, if there was like a celebrity crush to that, you know, that I would talk about, like somehow fucking Donald Glover's name would come in. And I'm like, who the fuck is Donald Glover? And she'd be like, oh, he was in like this show. And then like, you know, he does this, these rap songs. And I'm like, I've never listened to any of his music. And then she'd like, you know, play some of his stuff and, you know, is buying his albums and stuff. And, you know, then you know, eventually he's, you know, he's getting into film and you see him, you know, making cameos in like the Spider-Man Homecoming and then he's, you know, he's cast as, as Lando in the Star Wars movie. And, uh, you know, his music is, his music is, was actually doing pretty good. But now he's going to stop doing music because he's going to focus on his acting career, which we have tickets to his, uh, you know, one of his mm-hmm. last shows that he's doing. Um, but uh, not to go too much off on a tangent, but overall the movie was pretty cool. I would say the one thing that I was worried about is that it really didn't do great in the box office. And that, you know, that is going to hurt what movies we see beyond um you know like the han solo star wars story because um with how poorly it did or i wouldn't say it did poorly i mean poorly compared to other movies you know like the expectations of these fucking uh you know studios that expect every movie to make a billion dollars now um you know it did it was disappointing in that regard i don't know that it was disappointing in regard of just like any other movie um but I think because of the fact that it didn't make as much money as they thought it would, um, like after that, the um, I think it was Disney put the other planned movies on hold. And I know the the other one that was supposed to come down the pipe was an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, which no. that made a lot of people's heart hurt because... If there was any fucking movie that needed to get made about, you know, some earlier shit, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. That would have been a good one. Yeah. And and so I think a lot of people a lot of people were angry. Like there you had Star Wars fans that were angry at other Star Wars fans for like, look, this is what happens when you fucking, you know, boycott this movie or, you know, choose not to see this movie or not support this movie. I mean, cuz I mean, honestly, I would have maybe rather seen an Obi-Wan movie before a Han Solo movie, but um, you know, I just hope that there's a reversal in that decision and that maybe they're just kind of maybe reevaluating like where they were going to focus, you know, in terms of like maybe they had some second thoughts on the script or something like that and they want to do some rewrites to maybe make it better, you know, and it's not necessarily like a, you know, a cancellation of those types of movies getting made and it's more just, you know, maybe just over overviewing whether what they're doing is the best product they can put out. Right. So hopefully that's what it is. Um, but it was a totally good movie. Our kids even loved it. Um, you know, they were pretty excited to see that movie, but our daughter who does have a tendency to fall asleep in movies, she's not very engaged in. She did fall asleep for 10 minutes. So there was that. Um, did you see this one? I think she did. Yeah. And let's see. Moving on. Did she not? Oh, you know, fuck it was it was Gavin that saw it, huh? We didn't take her to see this one. Yeah, Gavin saw it. I think Gavin was actually really interested in it. Which one did she fucking fall asleep in then? Oh, it was okay. Moving on. So uh I know which one it is now. It's on my list. So uh after we saw Solo, um we ended up seeing I think it was Jurassic World. And Jurassic World I thought this movie kinda looked stupid. Just putting it out there. I mean, I know Chris Pratt is, like, blown up. Like, he's in all these great movies. And Chris Pratt is a very likable character and all the stuff that he's in. I know. God damn it. Damn it. I know. I know. The list is right here. I have the list. So we're going out of order. No, we're not going out of order. Because I remember that when we went and saw the Solo movie that we were like, oh, we're going to see the Jurassic Park movie. Which was, like, a month later. And Incredibles 2 only came out like two or three weeks ago so there's mm-hmm. no way we saw incredibles 2 before we Mm-mm. saw jurassic world no i'm sorry because i keep a list <laughs> in my planner Did we? i write the dates down that we go and see the movies well, in my planner i have really tiny handwriting right here so you're gonna have to I forgive tell me you, when the incredibles the first time that we saw it was here and uh-huh. then the kids and i saw it again so here. where's jurassic world on your planner right here Okay. After that's... the two times that wow, we saw the Incredibles. Wow, wow, wow. 
Okay, so folks, for those of you at home listening to this, I'm going on a little list where I actually wrote down like microscopic words because I had a really tiny piece of paper. And so I'm trying to go off this list. Now, Amanda writes down in this old lady planner. I love my planner. That like every word, like every movie we've seen and, uh, you know, obviously corrected me on my misstep of uh, believing that we saw the Jurassic World movie first. So we actually saw um, Incredibles 2 first. We did see it. I think I only saw it the one time. She ended up seeing it a second time um, with some of our nieces and nephews and kids. Um, so when we went and saw The Incredibles 2, I, honestly, I was like as excited as as the kids to see this movie just because it's been so long, you know, since, uh, you know, I mean, at some point I think people were kind of like giving up hope that there was going to be an Incredibles 2 until they started like dangling all of the, uh, you know, Incredibles 2, you know, shit out a while back, but, I mean, it had been so long. I mean, shit, I don't remember how old I was when I saw the the first Incredibles. It's been a long time. So It was, like, great when we started dating, I think, is when the first Incredibles came out. And, I mean, that's, I mean, shit, we were, like, 2021. 20, like, that's crazy. That's, like, 15 fucking years or something like that. So, uh, Incredibles 2 coming out, super excited, super stoked, saw the movie, and it was incredible. So it it really was it really was good. It was worth the wait. I mean, there were a lot of funny scenes that had to do with Jack Jack and having all these crazy powers. Um, and you know, our kids were also, you know, really excited. Um, you know, my son he's twelve now, and he's in that phase where like you know certain shit's not as cool anymore. And uh, but he he still uh, enjoyed the cartoon. He he really liked it and really wanted to go see it a second time, which typically he's not. He's usually the kid that, like, would rather be home uh, as opposed to go to the movies because he wants to play his video games and shit and hang out with his buddies. But um, in this particular instance, he was like, oh, yeah, I want to go see this movie again. And so did our daughter. Our daughter actually stayed awake through the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And then she also wanted to go see that movie again. And from what I understand, she stayed up through the second one, too. Yeah, she did. Which, like I said, a, a very good litmus test for whether... Uh, a movie is good interesting or engaging is whether or not our daughter falls asleep because our daughter falls asleep in a lot of movies um and so uh the incredibles 2 was one of the few movies that she didn't fall asleep in and i mean the thing is is like guardians of the galaxy super great movie but it is kind of long <laughs> you know there are some lulls in the story um you know but overall fantastic movie our daughter loves that movie i had to take her to see that movie like fucking three or four times like while it was still in the movie theater and um you know she fell asleep at least twice you know it wasn't that she didn't like it she did it's just that you know there are some slow parts in the movie and she'd fall asleep for those slow parts um so for the incredibles 2 it was just one of those movies where yeah she was uh she was very excited very engaged edge of her seat like you know sometimes she's like you know sitting all the way back and it looks like she's gonna fall asleep in this particular instance she was uh she was like, you know, at some points, like sitting up, like leaning forward, like she was so excited. So uh, the Incredibles two ended up being really cool. I mean, especially when our kids are willing to watch it a second time. Um, so now we move on to Jurassic World. Now for Jurassic World, I thought that this movie looked dumb, and I know people like Chris Pratt. He's a good actor. He's in a lot of great movies right now, and he's super likable. But I feel like they've done them to death, and they're just, it's the equivalent of, like, where the Fast and Furious franchise has gone. Like, it kind of started somewhere, you know, like, and it had this, like, original idea, and then it kind of became, like, a really off-the-wall, like, action series slash heist movie that is now, you know, transitioning into some other shit, too. You know, they're just, like, trying to milk the fuck out of this franchise for all that it's worth. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what they're doing with Jurassic World because of all the money it's made in all the previous movies. And, um, you know, but you have almost, like, none of the old cast really coming back. I mean, the only two familiar faces you see in the Jurassic World movie are um, the the Asian scientist guy, right? Who's kind of like a bad guy character in this movie. B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong. And then um, uh, Jeff Goldblum, right? 
Who's More like, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> there was not a there was not a lot of Jeff Goldblum. I mean, essentially, he wasn't really in the movie. I felt like they only brought him back to like testify before Congress about this whole thing. The trailer so is that, really misleading. You're thinking, oh, he's in the trailer. You're gonna yeah, see him a lot. In, like not two at all. Seconds. Like they, and I really think that that was calculated, and that they were trying to get a familiar face from Jurassic World that people like and know to have him as a as a character in this movie to be like oh see look we have some original characters mm-hmm. they don't show him in any of the scenes and you assume he's going to be in them and then you realize that like he has a very minimal role that like totals maybe only like five or six minutes in the movie and it completely has nothing to do with the storyline it's just you know him explaining like you know the threat we face you know to congress and whether or not you know you let these dinosaurs go extinct or not because i mean the whole premise of the movie is that you know the the island that these um, dinosaurs were on is abandoned, and the, the vo- volcano's active now, and it's gonna fucking had a cavist- a it's gonna have a catastrophic event, and you know all the life on the island is gonna die, and so essentially the Jurass- the all the dinosaurs are gonna go extinct again, and so you have all these like retarded people that are like I mean nothing against like Greenpeace people and people that love animals and shit, but you have a bunch of these groups that are like, oh no, you know, fucking dinosaurs deserve to live. And, you know, they're trying to, you know, lobby for people to basically protect them, kind of like, uh, you know, other endangered species. Like whales or whatever. Yeah, like whales and stuff, which is silly, but I could totally see it happening. (laughs) So, um, you know, you have this company that wants to basically take a lot of these... um, aggressive dinosaurs, velociraptors, allosauruses, tyrannosaurus, and, you know, other, uh, you know, useful, um, dinosaurs like stegosauruses and all these other, uh, dinosaurs that have, like, uh, like armor plating and stuff like that so that they can do genetic testing to find ways to weaponize, um, like the aggressive dinosaurs and, you know, find ways to, again, you know, find, I don't know, weaponization purposes for, like, the natural traits of these dinosaurs. Um, and, and so this, the whole premise is it had to do with, like, Chris Pratt's work with Blue, the velociraptor that was able to, you know, learn and kind of take commands. And so that is, like, the the whole movie. You know, them trying to stop these, uh, this, this bad corporation from, you know, taking all these dinosaurs and selling them to all of these different countries for profit but um i mean they kind of put a stop to it somewhat but you know obviously some of these purchasers did get the dinosaurs that they bought and so there's they already opened it up for a sequel beyond this one yeah because there will be more movies yeah because i mean a lot of these countries these like black market buyers they you know, you see them taking all these dinosaurs, like, back to their other countries, and they're doing genetic testing, and, you know, even though all these other dinosaurs are dead on this island, um, you know, there's still a lot of other, you know, black market stuff going on, um, you know, with that, like, so they didn't completely stop it from happening. Well, and and the ones they let go free. Right, you, you have some that went free, you know, that, that got away, and so now they're just, you know, out and about in the, in the States, and then you have some of the really big, like, uh, um, you know, ocean, ocean-based creatures that are like the size of fucking whales, but look like alligators, that you know got that escaped from the island too, while these companies were trying to steal some of these, uh, you know, DNA samples, and so you know now the the ocean's also tainted, um, which goes back to where Jeff Goldblum was saying like, oh, welcome to Jurassic World, because now you know people are gonna have to deal with dinosaur threats. Which, you know, that's a whole other thing to worry about when you have to worry about, like, uh, you know, just stupid people not knowing how to drive and running you over while you're riding your bike or something. And you gotta, like, worry about whether you get killed by a velociraptor. You know, like, you have to worry about a bobcat or some shit. It's crazy. But, um, you know, there's a lot of silly parts in that movie. Like, you feel like the franchise at this point is, like, jumped a shark because, like... In other movies, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, like, always comes out of fucking nowhere and, like, you know, saves the humans at the last minute when they're about to get fucking killed or something retarded. And this movie's no exception, you know, like, something's about to happen where, you know, maybe Chris Pratt or, you know, and friends are gonna die or something, you know, from some sort of Oleosaurus or whatever that's coming at him. And then T-Rex, out of nowhere, you know, kills the Oleosaurus and then kind of runs off. 
And you're just like, seriously? Like, this fucking T-Rex, right? It's o- and it's always something, like... I don't know, it was just stupid. Um, but, I mean, I'd say overall the movie was entertaining. It was just kind of like at face value. It was like the equivalent of like a... It's still a renter. It's yeah. It's, I mean, it, it wasn't very. I, it wasn't very good. I mean, it's a rental. It's a fucking Netflix movie. Um, I, I almost felt. It, I don't. Michael Bay, like, had his hand in directing that movie, right? Or was that a different one? I think it was a different one. Okay, because I, I like when I was done when we were done watching <laughs> that movie. I'm like, did Michael Bay fucking help direct this movie? I'm like, holy crap, because you know he's done some murder shit with like the Transformers series, and like that's kind of how the Jurassic World movie felt. Just like, you're like, how could they? <laughs> you're like, why did they do this? You know, this is bad. Um, so, that's our thoughts on Jurassic World. So then, um, ooh, this one's so good. I need to take a drink. We're going to talk about uh, Sicario, if you want to talk about that for a minute. I'm going to drink some of my Jack and Coke here. No, you can start that one. Oh, God, come on. Come on. Uh, you go. You go. <laughs> mm. I told you it's strong. Oh, God. I didn't see I, I told didn't, you. I told you. I didn't feel like I poured that heavy. Really, I didn't. You did though. Mm. And then you're pouring from the top. For you really. though. For you though, I didn't pour a lot and you're still complaining. Because you can still taste it and the pouring you're from the gonna top taste, doesn't stir it. Like a Jack and Coke, you're gonna taste some Jack in the Coke. But not that much. It, okay, I can kind <laughs> of taste it in mine. Part of our problem is we don't have a fucking working ice machine in our refrigerator. You can kind the guy's of not coming it out to yours. fix it until I Tuesday. I can see it in your face. You're like, Arr. no. The initial taste was shocking. Arr. It's good now, though. No. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm acclimated. Kind of like when you put your your foot in the cold pool and then no. you like put your whole body in. No. That's where I'm at. I'm acclimated no. to this. You're not. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, Sicario. So for Sicario, I was like super high for this movie when. The, the the first Sicario was absolutely amazing. Now this this second one, like pulled out all the stops. It was totally what I expected. Um, it was as good as the first one, if not better. Uh, it had a lot of action. It it didn't go off on some weird fucking tangent where you're kind of like really, like they really tried really hard to make this movie. No, this movie was fucking really good, and and, and like totally believable. Um, yeah, it was really believable. Like. You sat there and you thought, like, wow, they could really do that? And Fuck you think yeah. They probably do really do that. <laughs> you're like, I wonder what they did. Or, like, yeah, you could think that. It's yeah. It's a really interesting movie. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they really did a great job with that movie. And I, I, mean, I, I mean, there was a scene, um, I mean, I don't really want to give it away. I mean, I guess at this point, if you haven't really seen Sicario, like, you should have. So I'm just going to say it. But, like, there's a scene where um, you think. Benicio del Toro gets it, like he fucking bites the bullet. Now, when he gets shot, I'm like, "There's no way they killed him. There's no fucking way that they killed his character." Because I highly doubt that they're just gonna leave the series at this second one. Like, it, I just didn't think that. The other thing was too is when this little fucker shoots this, uh, shoots him. Um, it looks like he shoots him in the in the head. I mean, it is his face. It's the it's his head that gets shot, but. Um, the angle and how his body was, I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they shot him in the mouth. I, that's exactly what I told her. Like, when we were in the movie theater, I'm like, babe, I don't think he's dead. They shot him in the mouth. I didn't think it was his head head either. I thought it was somewhere on his face. I was yeah. like, nah, like, I thought he was playing dead. So That's like- what I thought. I mean, he could have just gone into shock and, like, he just, you know, went out. But he wakes up and sure as shit, like, once he kind of comes to and you take the, takes the little hood off, you know, and he's, like, trying to find his way. He did get shot in the mouth, and you know he's lost uh, lost some tooths, um, you know, but took a took a shot to the side of the mouth. So, I mean, definitely not fatal, but I mean, uh, he did lose a lot of blood. I mean, obviously, like if you've ever had any sort of head injury, you know, much less a, you know, you compound that with a gunshot wound, um, facial injuries, cuts, and you know, even minor things like that, they bleed a lot. So, you know, he's. He's lost a lot of blood. He's very woozy. You know, he's having a hard time getting around. And you still have people trying to fucking kill him. Um, you know, but it just shows what a what a badass he is. I mean, I'd almost equate um, Benicio Del Toro's character in Sicario to, like, um, sort of, I mean, not quite a John Wick, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe like a Denzel Washington character from, like, 
equalizer. You know, where, like, he's, you know, very well trained and, like, fucking kills a shit ton of people in the Equalizer movie. Yeah. Which, again, super hype for Equalizer 2. That's going to be dope. But back to Sicario. Um, Sicario 2 was incredible. I mean, it was a really good movie. I would definitely see that movie again. I mean, Movie Pass doesn't let you watch fucking the same <laughs> movie twice. Um, so um, I may not see it again. Unless one of my buddies is like, hey, I haven't seen Sicario. I want somebody to come with me. And I'll be like, bro, I'm with you. But let's go during matinee so I can got to pay full price. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Sicario 2, definitely worth seeing. It is as good, if not better, than the first one. It's It's very, very cool. Um, now we move on to, ooh, this one was the shit. I actually really like this one. Uncle Drew. Uncle Drew. <laughs> no. Was... You set it up all stupid. No. Like, like it's going to be some this amazing blockbuster, like, woo. No, it was. Over here, like, Uncle Drew. Okay, Uncle Drew is the shit. Like, I don't care what you say. First off, Amanda was kind of like, oh, that movie looks kind of dumb. And I'm like, no, that movie looks fucking cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm totally in, um, you know, to like, you know, movies like that, you know, Friday, next Friday, you know, like Barbershop, all these. Uh, it, that's what, man, it's basically what like Uncle Drew was. I mean, like, I mean, it wasn't like a booty call or anything like, you know, but um, or like a BAPS, you know, but like it was it was definitely it was definitely uh a cool movie and or it seemed like it was going to be a a funny movie so i was was totally down to watch it amanda was kind of like me no i'll go see it and my kids were kind of like is that the basketball movie uh with the old people (laughs) they were kind of skeptical so anyways i fucking dragged my family to see this amanda not so much but definitely the kids the kids did not want to see this movie we go see this movie by the end of it my son was just quoting fucking lines from it. Like, he was talking about all his favorite parts. You know, and the thing is, too, like, it's... We go see a good movie, and I'm like, hey, what'd you like about it? And he's all, it was good. Like, he doesn't really have anything to say about it. But um, for this, he was kind of like... He was like, oh, Dad, like, I like this part in this movie. And this was funny, and this was funny. Like, he had a lot to say about, like, his favorite parts in that movie. And then our daughter also thought it was super hilarious i mean we ended up watching this other movie that had nothing to do with uncle drew uh i think we're watching like a tv show and like in the tv show there's somebody that's driving like this big orange van (laughs) and she's all daddy that's uncle drew's van (laughs) i was like this doesn't have nothing to do with uncle drew baby but you know she was just she thought it was uh really funny and um i mean it was definitely a family movie i mean there was nothing like super gross you know, in that movie, um, that like you had to like shield your children's eyes from. It was all funny. Um, yeah. I mean, the in the 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 bad guy character in this movie, um, he was in the league. Um, he, I think he plays Ruxin in the movie, the league, which I was only reminded of because the TV my show. Did I say movie? Yeah. Oh, I meant the TV show, the league. The only reason I knew about that was because. My mom watches the league, um, and she's like tried to get us to watch the league. And I mean, we really haven't. It, it, it seemed funny from the few we watched. It's just kind of like she gets like so like hyped about like, no, you got to watch this show. I can't watch it with her because she's one of those people that like gets up a bunch of times in the middle of a show and like has to be doing shit and then like talks during the whole fucking thing. The whole thing. Like it's super annoying. So I can't watch that kind of shit with my mom like. And she doesn't talk quietly either. No, yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> so like we we have to definitely like if we're going to get on board with watching something, got to like watch it in our own time at our house uh in order to like actually follow the fucking thing. Um but the guy that plays Ruxin, Nick Kroll, that dude was fucking hilarious. Like the the the, the bad guy character in uh in Uncle Drew was was pretty funny and um i don't know i just think that like overall i thought they did a they did a better job than i thought they were gonna do because when you're talking about having all the main character people be like you know professional athletes and then they're not like a bunch of professional athletes that have like a lot of credits under their belt in terms of like acting you're kind of like, mm, how's this going to go? Because, like, okay, Shaq has been in some movies, but every movie <laughs> Shaq has been in has been, like, the equivalent of, like, 
a Justin Timberlake movie. Every movie Justin Timberlake's been in, bombed. Except for, like, In Time. That one did, like, okay. But, you know, it's, like, as good as he is at music and as great, you know, as much as people like him, like, he just ends up being in bad movies. And that's kind of Shaq. Like, Shaq, maybe he's a likable person and, like, he's a great basketball player. But, like, when he's been in movies, like, even going back as far as that, like, terrible action movie Steel, like, he just doesn't make very good movies. But the cameos and shit he did were funny. And, like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, if you know, like, about how terrible Shaq is at free throws, then, you know, they make little jokes about all that kind of stuff. And um, just just overall, just overall really funny movie. We ended up seeing it twice. I convinced my mom to go see that movie. And my mom was totally against watching this movie. She's like, I don't like those kind of movies. They're stupid. And I'm like, Mom, trust me. I'm like, the kids liked it. We liked it. It was fucking cool. She saw it, and she was like, oh, yeah, that was actually really good. Like, she even... And the thing is, like, it's hard to, like, convince my mom to, like, watch certain movies. Like, she thinks she's one of those people that, like, is, like, a really good judge of, like, a good movie. But, like, she fucking picks, like, a lot. It's kind of one of those things where, <clears throat> you know, like, a, a, a wrong, like, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> like, she's, like, she'll pick, like, a shitload of terrible movies. And then she'll, like, find this one good movie. And she'll be like, see, look, I told you I picked good movies. And you're like, no, not really, mom. What about those other five movies that were really bad? And so, you know, trying to convince her to, you know, she'll, she's very judgy about what other people like. Um, and so. That's an understatement. So, so, like, convincing her to actually come out with us and then, like, admit that the movie was actually, like, really good was, like, quite the feat. Um, but, but, yeah, I would totally recommend if you were kind of on the fence about whether or not you wanted to see it or whether you want to take your kids to see it. Definitely go see it in the movie theaters. I think it was worth the money. I probably would have saw it without the movie pass for sure. Um, and uh, we move on to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, this is one of those movies where it's kind of like, okay, you know, it's a Marvel movie. People are going to go see a fucking Marvel movie. Um, you know, they're everybody's excited about them. It kind of, uh, you know, it's it's in the Marvel universe, you know, so maybe... You know, the end credits, you're going to end up seeing something that, you know, has some sort of hint or relation to uh, Avengers Infinity War, and it does not disappoint. Now, the Ant-Man movie doesn't actually have anything to do with Infinity War. Um, all of the shit that happens in the movie is kind of happening simultaneously while Infinity War is actually taking place. He's got his own problems, he's doing his own thing, and, um, you know, it's basically just an Ant-Man and Wasp movie. Um, there's not a lot of, there's like hardly any cameos from like anybody else. It's solely that, um, it, it was actually, um, I think better than the first one and they recreated yeah. a lot of what made the first one funny. Um, so, uh, I thought they did a real good job. Michael Pena, that dude's hilarious. That, hilarious. that dude, uh, that dude had so many funny parts in that movie. Like I lost count. Um, you know, but a lot of the funny things that you saw from the first one, you kind of see them in the second one, but it's not so much where it, like it feels forced. It, it still feels fresh. I mean, they did a really good job. And, um, so like you get through, you know, you get through the whole movie and you get to the end credits and in the end credits, you're like, oh fuck. Like there's some bad shit that happened. So, um, you know, one of the big, one of the big plot lines in the Ant-Man movie is that, uh, you know, like when they talk about um, going, was it was it subatomic? What was mm -hmm. the what was the word? It was like sub like subatomic, like a you know really tiny uh, like atom like particle or whatever. Like the chance of you being able to get brought back from it is like slim to none. Well, they end up uh, saving. God damn it, Michael Douglas's character. Do we know the the name of Michael Douglas's character? Hank Pym. Yeah, so Hank Pym. His, uh, it kind of goes back and tells you the story of, like, you know, how he lost his wife. Well, his wife saved him, like, during a mission. She went subatomic to, like, save them and, you know, prevent this bomb from, like, blowing up all these people. But, you know, that's how she got lost, kind of in that realm. And uh, he has this theory that he can bring her back. And that's kind of, like, what the whole movie's about. Trying to get the technology in order to, you know, do this rescue, but this other person that's kind of like a, a bad person um she is trying to get the tech for herself because she has um an issue where like she's not always solid and 
um, her body is basically deteriorating, so she needs it to stabilize. But to do that, like, she basically has to, like, take some of this subatomic particle stuff, which could basically kill Hank, uh, Hank Pym's wife. So, um, you know, kind of causes a problem. Um, but, you know, as it turns out, you know, you get through the movie, they end up rescuing her. Um, you know, Ant-Man finds her, gets her back, um, and she's able to, uh, Hank Pym's wife's able to temporarily keep the, um, evil character, which I'm forgetting her name, is it Shadow or? Ghost. Ghost. <clears throat> um, is able to, like, kind of stabilize Ghost for a little while, and so when you get to the end of the movie and you get to the credit scene, you see that they're basically, they've created a smaller version of this big machine so that they can go subatomic that they put in the back of the big orange van that our daughter thought was <laughs> Uncle Drew's van. Um, and he he goes in to basically capture some of this, uh, this power. Now, uh, the Wasp and Hank Pym and the wife, they're outside kind of monitoring everything. And at some point, the, the mic, like they're communication goes dark and he's like okay guys stop fucking around you know you guys can pull me out now and the thing is is you know the risk in being subatomic that long is you know according to hank pym's wife is kind of like hey you know you, you can only be in there for a couple of hours because you can kind of go crazy you know being down there well you know it kind of fast forwards to like you know what's happening on the outside it turns out that you know the infinity war is going on during this time Thanos fucking snapped his fingers and, you know, how it purged half of all life in the fucking universe? Well, it purged Hank Pym, his wife, and the Wasp. So there's nobody working any of the fucking equipment on the outside to pull the Ant-Man out. So it's kind of like, uh, holy shit, like, who knows he's in there? Does anybody know how to get him out? How long is he going to be in there? Is it going to, you know, affect him somehow? But the other thing is, too, is, um... You know, it also kind of, you know, kind of opens a certain plot line, too, because before he goes into that subatomic thing, Hank Pym's wife is kind of like, hey, uh, you know, don't fall into any of those, like, time warps. You know, those could be a problem, right? Yeah. So there's a possibility that he could get lost in there. He could end up in some sort of time warp in an alternate universe where all the character, you know, all of the superheroes that were killed are all still alive. And, you know, maybe he's able, you know, maybe that's how he gets introduced into, like, an Infinity War 2, you know, because he's in an alternate reality where all of these superheroes are living. Or, I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, definitely, you know, they could find some way to reverse it, or maybe all of the characters are actually, like, inside the Infinity Stone. <coughs> uh, you know, but who really knows? All we know is that in some way, Ant-Man pays a, plays a very important role you know come infinity war 2 so that was pretty cool to see and uh you know definitely stick around for the end credits like any marvel movie uh to you know get a look at that but yeah it was better than the first one i thought the first one i mean not to say that it wasn't good it was but the second one um they definitely did a great job of like recreating everything that made the first one great it was really good did you have a favorite part I liked it all. It was good. it was just a good movie because it was kind of nice not to. It wasn't like super serious, like some of the other Marvel movies have started to get. Like where it's you know, all life and death, like the world's gonna end kind of shit. Yeah, like this one's kind of like it was definitely smaller stakes. Like one person's life is on the line, but like it's still important. Yeah, you know, it was just it was kind of nice. Yeah, you're like, oh no, they're gonna fail and the whole world's gonna end. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I and think Paul Red Dill. <sighs> Did you say? Did you say Dilf? <laughs> wow. I mean, what? Do I got to create fucking cardboard fucking cutout like adventure houses for the kids, you know, to. No, I'm just saying in that movie, he's got some Dilf vibes. That's oh, all. I see. Uh -huh. Dilf vibes. That's hilarious. I think my favorite uh, scene in that movie is when Michael Pena is like kind of like oh, telling his, his whole time. story time. <laughs> that was hilarious because <laughs> he changes his voice you know and they kind of like sub his voice like mimicking the person that he's talking about in like these story times yeah <laughs> it's just so funny it is funny. michael pena like really makes those movies great i mean do you feel like they would be as good if he wasn't in it 
Like, no, I feel like there like would definitely, did. like, it would take, I mean, I don't think it would, like, make the movie garbage, but, like, it would definitely take, like, big chunks of the movie that made it great Yeah, away. like, someone else couldn't be in that role. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. Especially not at this point where he's <laughs> been that character. Like, you know, like, okay, like in Iron Man, when they had, uh, like, Terrence Howard play War Machine, and then they fucking recast him when he was kind of a dick, and then they replaced him with oh, uh, yeah. Don Cheadle. Like, you're kind of like... Okay, uh, he looks different. It's like it's like the Fresh Prince <laughs> where they like replace the Aunt Vivs. Yeah. You're like, uh, you look different, but I'll accept it, uh, you know, and move forward. But I kind of feel like you know Michael Pena's done such a good job that like you couldn't recast him and mm-hmm. like not have people angry. So you couldn't. Um. So yeah, totally recommend that one. And um, I think this uh, last one that we're going to talk about to uh, round out all the movies that we've seen is the first purge now the first purge i wanted to see just because i'm like uh gratuitous violence for like no reason sure i'm down for that i mean it's that type of movie you're not going to go in like expecting a lot um the previous purge movies were decent right i mean like they weren't they weren't really interesting yeah i mean i don't i don't i feel like the first one was the best one like leading up to this one the second one I thought was maybe a little more shitty. I mean, I think they tried to add a lot more extra to it, you know, to kind of like build on what the movie was, you know, and try to like make this story time and this like revolutionary whole kind of thing, you know, fighting the system or whatever. I mean, it was interesting, you know, whatever. The It wasn't as good as the first one for sure. So then they're doing this prequel one, which you're like, okay, the prequel one, what the fuck? And so this one is basically showing how it got to the purge. There's been like, like four total, right? Four there's, purge. There's movies. been a couple. Like I've, I think I've, I think I didn't see one of them. I'm pretty sure. I think I've only seen two of them. I think there's there was the first one, then Anarchy and Election Year, and then this one, right? Okay, yeah, maybe I did see them, and they just underwhelmed me so much i like tried to purge them from my memory <laughs> they're basically all the same so um but i mean the first one was definitely i think the best one now the first one you know you walk into the movie theater and you're like wow how did it get there you know that there's just like a nationwide purge you know but you just accept it because it's a movie and that's what it is and then the you know the two that build on top of that first one like it's already established canon that there's you know that there's purges right and then they kind of like go into you know, like, these alternate stories of, like, you know, what people are trying to do to, like, fight the purge or, you know, like, either, you know, whatever the case is, you know, whether it's, like, some sort of revolution against the system or, you know, just trying to protect their own. Like, those are the those are the premise of the other two movies. Now, this one goes back before the first purge and explains that, like, this is what led up to, you know, it being rolled out nationwide, which it's, uh, what was it, like, Staten Island? Or something like that. I think so. I think it was like Staten Island, and it's like it was like a small section, you know, this East Coast area that's like zoned off for like a like basically a a test to see how it would do. And so this scientist, you know, had this theory that like you know certain stuff was going to happen, and you know it was more of a social experiment than anything, and it was completely voluntary. You know, people got, you know, people would get paid to stay. Um, you know, in the purge area, and if they survived, you know, they'd get X amount of dollars. If they participated in the purge, then, um, you would get bonuses. Basically, they were paying for you to fucking kill people, but, you know, that's not what they really said. Um, now, what ends up happening is you have all these people that are like, hey, these, these, they're focusing on this area, which is predominantly poor, um, and it seems like, you know, the government is basically just trying to get rid of people that it doesn't want to, you know, take care of with, like, social welfare programs and that kind of thing. Um, you know, part of the storyline is that, like, this, um, they call them, like, the like the forefathers or something like that. You know, it's like a different political group that... And, and the movie is pretty politically charged, and I would say even maybe even a little divisive with, um, like, the political commentary and, like, slight innuendo that's injected in it is they make this, uh, 
like these forefathers that come to power seem well they're all white and they seem very nazi-esque and they have like a symbol you know that represents their group um and you know of course you know the focus of like where this purge is taking place is like in a predominantly like hispanic and black neighborhood um which you know obviously seems like you know there's a racial motivation there and um you know so then you know you get in you get into the movie and you know it just kind of like mentions stuff like if you know you've you know been following politics you know there's like a scene where um like the main character is a female like this bad guy is like trying to like pull her into this wind drain presumably he's gonna rape her or something like that and like when he's trying to pull her in like he grabs her by her crotch and like he's he's pulling her leg and something like that and then like she kicks him in the face and like runs off and she's all pussy grabbing motherfucker you know and you're like okay they're it's about donald trump you know and and then um you know so then again you know there's a lot of mention about you know the them versus us you know the them is all the white people that want to see all the minorities get killed um you know uh a lot of the um a lot of this program that's supposed to take place where all of these deaths are supposed to take place there's mainly only like one or two people you know that are like you know really psychotic drug users that are actually participating in the purge and like killing people but a majority of the people that lived in these neighborhoods you know whether they were drug dealers or maybe gang members or anything like that they weren't really going out and just like killing random people like this doctor who kind of had put this whole thing into effect had expected um essentially people were hunkering down and just trying to protect their property their family and all that kind of stuff now when one of these uh white government officials that's kind of working with that doctor realizes like hey what the fuck is going on you know this has to be successful because like you know the country's in for a world of shit being that we can't take care of all of our citizens with you know what we have we're gonna go broke like we do this purge has to work like we have to have less people in the nation or we're fucked and um you know the doctor's basically like hey look this is what the data is saying you know obviously i was wrong you know and and he wants this thing to work because if it doesn't you know obviously it's going to spell disaster for the country you know he's trying to save the country um which again is kind of one of those things again where you know it's kind of like foreshadowing like current events you know a lot of people feel like you know despite how you feel about Donald Trump that like he is doing good you know, for the country, you know, whether people actually, you know, believe it or not. Um, and so, you know, it kind of echoes that in the movie where, you know, this guy is saying, hey, look, I'm doing this for the good of the country. But at the same time, like, obviously, it's detrimental to, you know, the minority people, you know, the have nots, so to speak. So, what does he do? Instead of letting the, um, instead of letting this, uh, experiment fail, you know, he had a contingency plan. And once he realizes that the lady, uh, realizes what he's doing, he kills her off. You know, she's going to blow the whistle on him for basically tainting the results of the experiment. And he just, you know, arranges for her to get taken out and dropped out in the middle of the fucking purge area and, and murdered. Um, you know, but what he does is he hires a bunch of mercenaries who were all white, German. They were like German and Russian, right? They're from all over. But like a lot of them, they were foreign speaking. I want to say like they said some of them were speaking Russian and like German, but like they were all white. And um, all of these uh, like, you know, white guns for hire... Uh, you know, flooded these streets of a lot of uh, um, these poor areas and just, you know, murdered all kinds of people. Like, there were a lot of black folks and Latinos that were in that church, you know, just doing, like, a lock-in, you know, right. overnight. to, and, and then it shows, like, you know, 15, you know, white people rolling up on motorcycles, you know, with white flags that have, like, that kind of like a modified like blue iron cross or some shit 
you know, they go in there and, like, murder every single person in the freaking church. And, you know, they, like, they move on and, you know, it was just... The movie, like, if you're, like, if you're not in tune with all that shit and, like, you didn't pick all that stuff up, like, the movie was fine. Um, I mean, I thought it was probably, of all the Purges, the original Purge was probably the best one, and then this one was probably the second best one. It's just, like, I felt like it could have done without all the, like, political nonsense, like, browbeating of, uh, just, like, you know, if you don't... If you're not with these people, then you're a Nazi. Because that's basically what it was. Yeah. It was like, if you support any of this stuff, you're a Nazi. Right. Uh, and that was basically, like, you know, the way it was painted in the movie. And it, it wasn't subtle. Like, it wasn't subtle at all. No. Um, so, I mean, that was, I think, a little annoying. But uh, overall, like, I mean, it didn't bother me too much. It was just still kind of like jesus like they could have like thrown like a couple of quips in there and just like left it alone but like they really tried to drive that shit home um but i mean overall overall the movie was the movie was decent i mean we didn't take our kids to see that one no um so uh i mean that's uh that's pretty much it i mean i would say that movie um mm, Maybe I wouldn't have seen it if I didn't have the movie pass. Like, it, it it seemed like one of those movies, like, it could have gone either way. Like, it could have been good or bad. I mean, it ended up being okay, but I probably would have rented it. Yeah. So. Um, or maybe even a channel flipper. I think that's how I saw <laughs> at least one of the other ones. Not the original, but. Oh, yeah. I think election year, I saw that one on HBO. Did you? Yeah, I didn't see that in the theater. Yeah, that might be the one I missed. I know I almost, I've only seen two of them. I'm sure of it. I think there's a third one I did miss. But um, yeah, lots of movies that we've seen. I know the one movie. I mean, there's some movies that are out right now, but I'm just kind of like, ah, man, you know, like so. Hotel Transylvania, I think, is more than likely going to be a movie that we'll go to, like if our kids ask us to take them. But like, I don't know that I really want to go see that movie. And they haven't asked yet. No, they haven't asked yet, so we haven't gone. Um, they weren't really interested in seeing the second one of that. Yeah, so, I mean, the first one, I know they did want to go see, but... Um, yeah, we did see that one. I just... Yeah, I, I if we can get away with not seeing that one, that'd be totally awesome. Um, now, there was... the This movie, The Rock, um, Skyscraper. The movie looks fucking retarded. Like, it, it's like he's... I, I don't know, it just looks super dumb. But we'll probably end up seeing it when we're, like, super bored during the weekday. And, you know, we go watch it after I get off of work or something. It'll, we'll probably watch it anyways. I hope it's not dumb because it really looks stupid. It's actually looks... It looks more dumb than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom did. And, like, I still went and saw <laughs> Jurassic World. And then it was, like I said, semi-disappointing. Uh, I'm just hoping, like, Skyscrapers, like, it proves me wrong. Now, there's still two movies that are out in, like, certain theaters, not in all the theaters here locally, but Hereditary was supposed to be, like, hella scary. Nope. And I know my sister saw it, and she was like, oh, you need to go see it. There's still a time to go see Hereditary. We can probably go see that. I want to see Sorry to Bother You. Oh, Sorry to Bother You is another movie that we do want to see. We'll probably end up seeing that probably sometime this week. And then the other movie that we haven't seen is Tag, which we kind of, like, we would have seen it, except, like... My mom had seen some movies, and we had seen a bunch of movies, and, like, with the only movie we had not seen was Tag, other than um, other than Hereditary, which Amanda didn't want to see. And um, my mom won't see it because, like, she's all into, like, you know, fucking spirits and stuff, and thinks they're going to, like, follow her home with bad juju and whatever. I'll watch it here at the house. I don't want to <laughs> be around anybody that can influence your seat, my like, feelings. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Tag... I. I well, I mean, we're definitely probably going to see that, like, while we could still use the movie pass. Um, tag just, tag seemed like it could have been interesting, but it could also, I mean, that that well, that one seemed like kind of a 50-50. I, I feel like with that movie, if they didn't put all the funny parts in the trailer, and there are also <laughs> other funny parts, then it'll probably be great. Yeah. So, um, I'm just hoping that's not the case. But, um, that's pretty much it. We've seen all those damn movies. And, 
We just want to talk about them a little bit in this episode, episode 80. Um, so thank you for listening to uh, us talk about those like six movies. Uh, I'm Jesse with Amanda. Woohoo! Saying thanks for listening and thanks. goodbye. Bye.